Hello, Internet. This is the Sunny 16 podcast calling. How are you this week? Uh, we loved talking to you last week, even though Graham had some slightly childish jokes about the number of the show and all of that. But other than that, I thought it went quite well. Um, sadly, 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 Graham is a little bit uh, a little bit croaky this evening, a little bit under the weather. So um, he's gone to uh, stick his head under a hot towel or, or whatever it is he's gone to do, probably involving fudge vodka or something like that anyway <laughs> the delightful thing is about this evening is it's just me and rach rach how are you oh hi aid yeah i'm, I'm all right thanks yeah not too bad went to get myself a quick beer <laughs> um it's been another busy week but uh but apart from that i'm doing good doing good um i um have been out uh, and about in wigan this week i uh, went to a maker's evening at a creative hub there uh, to run a little workshop uh, that was lots of fun had uh, had a a little team of of people coming to try out analog for the first time so lots of fun there did some cyanotypes did some impossible project stuff with the instant lab well polaroid now as it obviously is um and uh, got them shooting with my old instax wide from 1991 i think mine's from <laughs> it's quite retro now um so yeah that was that was a lovely evening i got absolutely soaked in the in the uh, in the rain and the terrible weather but uh, apart from that it was really nice so i had lots of fun and i believe you have been busy with your instax actually um taking photos do you want to tell us a little bit about that aid what have you been up to? well i think i think uh just the one <laughs> <laughs> at least that's the output anyway so no it's so uh i i mentioned uh i can't remember if it's last week's show or the week before uh that um i have now i'm now in a possession of a new one well, new to me uh original lomo instant uh i don't know what it's called actually is it the uh, automat no it's not it was the original one the one before that it, it shoots that shoots the same stuff the instax mini but it was the because the lomo did one before the automat came out anyway this is uh this is second hand to me from uh, from one of our listeners martin and uh, so i've been uh, doing some testing with this against my fuji camera and uh, just for fun i've been doing that with my daughter as well because she's quite enjoying it so uh, sometimes some of our test shots with the two cameras of photos that she's taken of me sometimes they're ones i've taken of her uh, sometimes hers are a bit skew if and sometimes mine are a bit skew if <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they're a lot better than yours aid <laughs> yeah she she thinks it's fun as well because she's because of course if she's going to take she's six so if she wants to take a portrait of me i need to kneel down but the other day i stood her on the back of the sofa i said no i don't want to i'm bored of kneeling down you just stand up on top of the sofa like that so she thinks it's great because she can climb on the furniture to take photos uh, but a I find reason. Yeah, it is to totally. To oh yeah, no, I t- I said it's all right. Just this once. Yeah, I, it, it wasn't quite a "don't tell your mother" moment, but just, <laughs> <laughs> but not far off. <laughs> so like, but uh, yeah, so no, I was really pleased because uh, yeah, I mean you know me, I've been fighting these cameras for years now. A while. <laughs> At least it seems like years. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I finally took a photograph that I was pleased with with this Lomo Instant camera. Um, it did require uh, two um, speed lights, two flashes, slaved, you know, optically slaved to it in different positions. But I finally managed to get something I was happy with. So um, yeah, interesting, interesting week from that point of view. Uh, I think it's the the only way is up from here. Now I've got a basic setup I can use for portraits, uh, instant film. That's uh, that's good, and now I can try and be a little bit more creative about it. But uh, it, yeah, that, so yeah, the process for that really for me is just for me and my girl to just take photos of each other, and I do a little bit of mucking around with lights and light meters. What I am curious about though 
because I've never been to one. Is you say you went to you know, a maker fair or maker evening at the you know and and stuff like that. And I know that's part of your world, and it's you know. But I don't do that. So what actually happens at these things? What's it like? Is it a big sports hall like with an antiques roadshow <laughs> in it? Is it? <laughs> is it <laughs> I don't know what happens. To be honest, it's as varied as as it as that. It could be literally from pretty much a, a room that's the size of a cupboard to uh, to a kind of huge library. So, in terms of maker evenings and events and things like that, um, what's really nice is that that industry has sort of started to to grow, uh, especially around near where near where I am in Liverpool and Manchester and what have you area, um, and uh, some of them. Like for example, there was Make Fest that I went along and had a stall out and was doing some workshops at and what have you. And that was that actually took over the entire library, like four, four or five whole floors of a library, and um, it was absolutely huge. Uh, with that maybe two hundred different, you know, wow. makers and things. Yeah. Um, whereas the one that I did um, on Wednesday, this was um, somebody who runs something called Wigan Steam and. That STEAM as in the STEM subjects, but with the A for arts as well. So it has the kind of creative output too. Um, and a lady who runs that, uh, Lizzie, had asked me to basically commission me to come along and deliver um, to the um, to sort of like the local group who come along and do sort of like coding or trying out wearable tech and things like that. And said, actually, it'd be really nice if you could do something along analog photography. Um, so I went along to deliver a sort of like two two hour ish uh workshop uh there is basically like a little taster evening um and that was in it was kind of in a renovated shop so it was part of um uh, a row of shops that were a little bit run down and they've sort of taken over this space um they basically have rented that and they've made it into this kind of nice sort of little creative hub so you've got um desks and workspaces and sort of sheds and and things inside this old renovated shop um and uh, um, basically it's kind of a place for people to come together especially you know local community and maybe people who haven't perhaps tried something like that before um but want to give it a go uh, anything that's a bit creative or makery um and uh, and try something new really and learn some new skills and then maybe take that off into their everyday life you know in some way or other um so yeah so that she runs like a, a regular evening um on a on a wednesday like once a month or something um and uh, and so this this particular week it was it was my turn to go along and, and deliver a workshop it's great lots of fun uh, yeah, I, it does sound fun. It's um, I, I guess it's uh, it's I, I mean it's not right to say anymore that like maker stuff is an underground movement, is it? It's actually in in some places it's quite mainstream and it's certainly very well established. I she's of... now starting to get there definitely. Um, there's there's some fantastic um things like the human library and things like that. Those kinds of parts of the movement as well, where um you effectively are there as something as something as someone that you can kind of be booked out like your skills and that kind of thing or there are places where people can bring um you know broken objects and get them fixed or learn the skills so that they can fix them themselves and then take them away so it's it's all around this idea of recycling reusing using you know original kit or original pieces of equipment and rather than throwing them away in the disposable society it's it's bringing life back into those um and kind of um, hanging on to some of those traditional skills and things that especially with things like analog photography that you know we've talked about in the past these are the skills and talents that we want to 
hang on to. We want to make sure that there are people who know how to fix the old cameras because otherwise we're going to get to the point where that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, uh, either that or Bellamy's going to be really busy. <laughs> or that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he will be really busy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. wish you the best of luck with his, his camera project. But yeah, it, it, is important. it is important stuff. So now I have a mental image and this is going to be totally offbeat. But like in my life, in my, you know, my professional life, I do work, I run workshops with clients and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, uh, and but my clients, uh, yeah, this is all you know, sort of office-based corporate stuff. This is not about being creative and making. This is this is you know how to t- tune businesses and things like that. So I get that. And then at the other end of the scale, you've got Graham, who once a year does a presentation <laughs> on gardening to the Women's Institute. <laughs> He really, he actually did go to the Women's Institute, didn't he, and, and do a presentation? Yeah, so I'm hoping that yours is somewhere in the middle of that, and that gives me some sort of mental image. But do you know what? I've been wanting to ask you that question for ages, and it's not I've not had the opportunity to do so. Because <laughs> I, I and I guess I should just simply get more involved, shouldn't I? But yeah, thank you, thank you for explaining it to me. Anyway, oh, you're very welcome. And, and I think what go on. partly what partly what I really love about it is that it's such a variety of people who come to these events as well. You know, we've got from you know granddads and little kids and and families coming or you know students or tourists or you know just um people from I don't know maybe sort of like teenagers and it it kind of it doesn't really matter who you are where you come from it's all about learning something new trying something out experimenting having a go making making things better really and I think for me that's the ethos that is so important to see and it's really nice you talking about spending that time with your daughter and having a bit of dad daughter time and and learning you know your your um enthusiasm for photography is something clearly that she's picking up on you know whether that will stay you know no do you but it's it's lovely that you're having the opportunity to do that because that's how I started you know my dad was a photographer and when I was three he was like right let's get you in the dark room and you can make a photograph and this is how it works and I was just like blown away by that at the time um so uh yeah it's really it, it's something very special for me I feel that I'm able to share that with my dad you know and have that that connection so uh so that's lovely to hear about what you've been doing and and I think in terms of the maker movement um as well it's a, it's a nice way of kind of bringing traditional skills um to, uh, you know and perhaps perhaps an older generation together with younger generation uh, and more digital or sort of like newer newer skills and combining the two and showing how that can be really valuable um, making connections and having conversations amongst a family or across generations that maybe wouldn't normally happen so I think it's really powerful mm, yeah I, I do too and uh, and of course um, I get the the chance to witness this all firsthand tomorrow don't I because you and I are gonna meet we're gonna meet in the real world like not on the internet you know like irl meet. yeah yeah we're gonna, we're, yeah is that is that is that what they say is it in real life <laughs> in real life me and you are gonna meet for the first time in real life tomorrow and i'm actually gonna be your assistant so i'm gonna actually see you <laughs> delivering this i'm gonna see you with your game face on with your mojo working <laughs> we will see it's going to be quite a long track <laughs> down to london but no i'm i am really looking forward to that um and thanks ever so much uh aid for for saying you would we'd be my glamorous assistant uh for the evening um yeah we're going it, to hang on, be hang on. does that mean uh, i need to go and get waxed <laughs> you mean you're not i can't believe this i thought i sent over the appropriate list of things i expected from you aid oh no <laughs> so everybody that listens to this show knows that can't possibly be true because every week you come on and talk about how disorganized you are 
it's organized chaos is the way i like to say it um or yeah or disorganized enthusiasm maybe that's a better way of describing it maybe um, so even though you're coming down to london so it's essentially yeah. you are traveling to my neighborhood uh, rather right. than the other way around uh, to give me the opportunity to assist you um you're, we're still <laughs> going to a place where i've never been before actually and mm-hmm. it's somewhere i've always been curious about uh, but never been which is um for those that uh you know don't know london very well the 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 area known as westminster which is the heart of government and, and near where buckingham palace is um, there's some very there's some huge old buildings which are all government departments and some of them date back two three hundred years um, and but underneath one of those uh, underneath the treasury I think isn't it or was it underneath mm. the foreign office? Um, gosh, forget now you're which. Asking. It's between the treasury <laughs> and the foreign office. Actually, for, that, for anybody that watched the James Bond movie Skyfall. Uh, there's yes. some overhead photography shots where he's walking across a cobbled courtyard and it's circular and stuff like that. Um, now that actually is um, uh, that actually is well. There's a, there's a rectangular one which, if I get this the right way round, is the Foreign Office, and then there's the circular courtyard he walks across, which is next door uh, in real life, uh, and mm-hmm. that is part of that building is uh, what they call Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, and part of it is Her Majesty's Treasury. So it's the so actually the James Bond stuff is actually filmed in real government buildings, but underneath there is where Winston Churchill had his secret bunker for you know controlling London from somewhere safe um, from yeah. the Second World War. Is that right? That's right, absolutely. And it's like this amazing little rabbit warren um, underneath. And uh, it, and now they use it as a really lovely venue. So it's actually somewhere you can hire out and um, you can go and visit. So um, during the day, um, generally, you know, tourists are allowed in and you can go and actually do a little audio tour and go and see um, see the rooms and see where it all happened as the base of operations. Um, and then they also use it as a, as a venue. So um, that's actually what we're going to go along and, and shoot it. We've for for an event an evening event and uh so yeah there'll be uh there'll be an event happening in the evening and they've asked asked me to come along um and shoot that so thank you very much for agreeing to come along um see the venue obviously and hopefully assist me with taking uh, taking some photos for people so should be lots of fun yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. I, it's, um, I've never been a photographer's assistant before, um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I hope I get it right. <laughs> You're going to be in at the deep end, Aid. It'll be fine. It'll be totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, is, is this more more hectic and critical than like I don't know shooting for Vogue or something? Then is it? Oh, oh yeah, entirely. No, it's not <laughs> like that. Don't have to worry about that. I think it's just um, uh, we'll just it's the, it's the quantity we'll need to get through. So uh, we're just going to, like you say, have game face on and uh we'll just be shooting like crazy it'll be it'll be fun <laughs> so this year i'll have done a, a like a a proper you know uh, uh, it's not corporate is it i don't know what you'd call it, an event shoot and i did a wedding mm-hmm. earlier this year didn't yeah. i don't like so Absolutely. i am i'm um being pushed a little bit this year which, sure is a, which is a good thing which is a good thing okay all right just maybe not the pinhole don't bring the pinhole with you though for this because we're in a bunker remember so <laughs> very my... little light <laughs> so okay so so actually it, it, then yes something uh that yes i can bring light <laughs> i have loads yes, of lights true. i have loads of, of lights <laughs> okay cool all right well i'm really looking forward to that um and uh who knows i guess we'll have to report back on it um next week and i'm wondering whether you and i should just record like separate sections right like <laughs> so you know without talking to each other first and then just we can put them both into the podcast next week and you yeah. can say what you thought of the the event and and how i did uh, and i can talk about how wonderful you are and how much i've learned 
I'm going to be uh, yeah doing a um what's what's the word um when you're on probation for a bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes we'll do a review a monthly review for uh, you Aid yeah oh, a performance <laughs> review yeah okay if the, and you can put my de- development plan in place yes excellent all right okay right <laughs> let's 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 move on I don't know. <laughs> so I tell you what so, we got a little advert for in the show this week um. Mm. Now, uh, which I, I'm excited to have, actually. Now, this is, uh, I, I hasten to add, this is not us going all commercial and this is not a sponsor where we make any money out of it. It's an advert for something else that's happening. Something I'm actually a part of, but something that is entirely for charity. Uh, and um, I, I've mentioned it uh, once or twice before on the show. And so just a quick recap. Um, about, I don't know, two months ago or so, I went to a photo walk uh, on a Saturday in London, um, organised by two friends of the show, Martin and Sandeep, uh, and um, we uh, there was about oh, I, I can't remember eight or nine of us there that day, uh, mm. and uh, we all took lots of photos, lots of different film cameras. Fantastic day out. Um, Martin then had the bright idea of having everybody contribute a photograph that they'd taken that day, and getting them printed. Uh, as uh, well originally he thought maybe postcards but actually in the, in the end it turned out we had them done as prints and creating a uh, a charity print pack uh, a bundle that you could buy uh, that has eight prints in it um, uh, and where all the money goes to charity so right now available are uh, a sets of what he, what we call the London Photo Walk charity prints and um, I've got my own set uh, which I hasten to add I bought <laughs> Um, didn't no freebies just because I happen to have a photo I- I- in the set. Um, but uh, what Martin got done, and this is a great idea, is uh, there are 25 sets of these prints uh, and um, of, of eight postcard size prints. So there's some are six by four, some are six by uh, in inches, uh, some are six by six inches because they were shot on um, square format cameras. Um, and they are available uh, for £25 for the set with 100% of the proceeds going to the British Red Cross UK Solidarity Fund. Um, now, uh, I think um, Martin's even covering the, the cost of the production and the pros- postage there. So it really is 100% of the revenues going, not 100% of the profit or, or anything like that. So, you know, this is a genuinely 100% charity thing. So um, I, I like this. Yeah, I, I like this uh, this set. Uh, it reminds me of the day I had I, some some of the people. Uh, actually, I don't think I'd ever met any of them in real life. Uh, although uh, they uh, they were all internet buddies. Um, yeah. and Knew some of them online, but no no IRL. No no IRL. <laughs> no, I I I've got to get. Yeah, do you think I should get Snapchat and then I could learn some of this stuff, <laughs> or is that like the one that old people use now? I th- yeah, I, th- I don't. Oh, God. You're asking the wrong person, Aid. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're probably 10 years younger than I am, no? <laughs> anyway. well, I have to say, I was just I was looking, obviously, at the link that you sent over to me. Um, and I think these look fab. And it's it's very clearly, you know, it captures that that walk that day, you know, and, and that moment of um, in that lovely garden. That I know that you'd mentioned before. That oh, you've, the churchyard. Uh, you've been keen yes. to go and shoot in. Is that right? In the church, is it? It is. Well, it's a church that was bombed out in the war, actually. Yeah. Um, it's called St. Dunstan on the Hill. That's and right, yeah. uh, it's uh, in, in the city. Um, it's not. Very, it's very close to where all the really big skyscrapers are in the city of London, uh, the, the Gherkin, and, the, and especially, actually, it's very close to the walkie-talkie building. Um, the, the which? Sorry? What's the walkie-talkie building? 
Oh, it's the one with uh, that that curves outwards as it gets higher. It's actually it doesn't have a proper name. It's just called Twenty Fenchurch Street. Um, is it uh, supposed to curve outwards? Oh yeah, yes. It's, okay. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Um, and and you know, like a lot of the skyscrapers in London, especially the modern ones, all have nicknames. So there's the cheese grater and the gherkin and the walkie-talkie and and other things like that. Um, and uh, so so uh, yeah, it's quite close to there. So yes, that was a shot I took of Sandeep. Um, what you can't see on that shot actually is just off camera left is is Martin, the other organizer of the day, holding a fl- um, a speed light on a stick. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask actually how you how you shot that. Um, I thought there was maybe some sort of reflector or something coming into play, but was it an an extra light basically? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, right. about sort of six seven feet away, and um, mm. uh, in a I have a little uh, uh, fold. Uh, a fold flat softbox which gives you about sort of a an 11 inch sort of face um but it fo- it velcros onto the the head of the flash and and then it folds up flat so you can stick it in a bag easily um, right and so. was that with your fe2 or yes yes it was yes uh yeah because i know you love that camera <laughs> well, so much i have two of them actually so <laughs> do you oh, oh yeah yeah different lenses uh, uh well in the in the sense that uh you can put any nikon lens that's made in the well, last 60 70 years on it then <laughs> then yes but no i do it to the same well one's a silver one and the other one's a black one but oh, i well, just totally have two because then. yeah totally, <laughs> totally different just because i love them so much uh, i've often thought about buying a third one not not because i need to use three at a time just in case anything bad happens but uh, but uh, I think they're still reasonably well available. Anyway, so yes, so which is not the whole point of this uh, uh, this this uh, mention here. We are I, I what we're saying actually is please go and have a look at our show notes and click on the link uh, that will be in the show notes that will be uh, quite uh, readily visible. London Photo Charity Prints um, and uh, you know, there's a link there that'll take you to Martin's website, which is. Uh, uh, Martin martinwsmith.co.uk uh, and then he um, you have the chance there to buy uh, the set um, and please do because all the money goes to charity and um, you know we're trying to get, trying to do a good thing here so kick your support will be gratefully received everybody it's lovely um just a little bit about the prints themselves are they um are they on photographic paper or are they on card or just i just wondered what the sort of physical product felt like or looked like uh they they are on photographic paper actually oh, so um yeah they're, they're, they're nice they're nice prints i mean it, it, it's interesting because you know uh it's they're, they're very diverse set of prints yeah they what what brings them together is not the subject matter or the style or anything like that some are square some are rectangular some are black and white some are color but it's the fact that there was a group of people there so um yeah it, that that's the theme of it it was it related to um it related it related to uh, it was the day itself that, wasn't it yeah. it, it was the day it was the day uh, itself yes um and um you know it fe- felt like uh, uh, something that was good to do so anyway uh that I, I suspect is probably enough of me pushing my own photography on the uh, the masses that listen to the show <laughs> hey, it's fine this is you know a whole group of you and i think they look really interesting I'm very interested to see those. So uh, thank you very much for bringing it to our attention. Sounds great. No problem. No problem. <laughs> but I think now, um, according to our show notes, we flip back to you now because you've been doing some interviews yourself this week, haven't you? Yes, that's right. So going from, from your meetup, Aid, um, on the uh, on that photo walk to to a kind of 
impromptu meetup that happened for me this week. Um, I had a message from Hamish, Hamish Gill, um, the uh, author and um, host of 35MMC podcast, uh, sorry, podcast, sorry, Hamish, <laughs> uh, blog blog post um and uh, he he sent me a message and said actually i'm going to be in in liverpool um today um so i got today. that quite early in the morning <laughs> yeah uh, so i got i got that quite early in the morning i think actually he'd sent it the evening before but i hadn't i hadn't seen it because it was it was very late he said i'm going to be in liverpool and i'm going to be meeting up with a gentleman called steve and we're going to be doing a bit of filming so i was like great sounds sounds good so um went along to to meet them first challenge was for me to try and actually find the flipping place because <laughs> even though it was pretty much it's right on the docks in liverpool you know what it's like it's it's as you were saying you know living in london or near london but it's still not somewhere you've ever been you know one of those kinds of things it's um it was part of the new um, museum the new liverpool museum um that had been built and and i hadn't been there so i i actually wasn't entirely sure where well, i kind of knew where it was but i couldn't find the flipping entrance and there was a load of other building work going on so they'd shut off half of the building and i had to walk around the whole flipping thing to get in it's quite a big building <laughs> eventually i found the door found found the chap sitting there um busy waiting waiting for me so they could go and get some food um and uh so whilst we were having a little bit of uh, lunch i thought i'll do uh, do a little interview with them and find out a little bit about what hamish had been up to what steve had been up to so um i think we've got uh, that little recording that we can put in put in here now yeah we do yes uh f- fun stuff there's lot, lots of uh well we'll talk about it um once our listeners have had a chance to listen to it so we'll just have a, a quick break and uh right after the break will be uh rachel's field report interviewing hamish and steve All right, Hamish, so tell us all about all these gadgets that you've brought with you. Uh, so this is a bunch of peak design stuff. So I had a, um, a conversation with somebody after I did a, a review of a cord weaver strap to cord weavers. This guy who's got like um, a shop on eBay where he makes straps out of... Um, told me off because it's not called paracord some of them are paracord and some of them are woven cord well, I don't know about it <laughs> some um, kind of cord some kind of cord uh, but on the end he uses these little peak design oh, anch- they're cool. anchor links or something I think they're called so this this is so then so I wrote this review and somebody got in touch and started saying well you need to you need to have a go with the rest of the peak design stuff so I sent an email to peak design in the states saying can I have a go with one of your, uh, one of your straps and they said that I could, but that I should try this, whatever this bag's called, a field pouch. Pouch? I was going to say, yeah, that. It, I feel like it could be <coughs> on a kangaroo yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. couldn't it? Um, so it's big enough yeah. for a camera. <laughs> if it's a Leica and a lens. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not, it's a Fuji. What have you got in there? Oh, right, yeah, okay. Not my Fuji. Um, and a lens, and then I can have my, ca- my camera separately, and then just have those in there and a spare roll of film. And then, but the, 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 the thing about, because I think it comes from the system of straps, so you've got this. This is an ankle link on the Fuji as well. So that comes off here, and I could put that on there if I so desired. I just oh, yeah. want to. 
and then let's good this with something when it's any audio so that everybody can see exactly what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, can see exactly what's happening. Uh, We're painting a picture here with words. With words. <laughs> so, and then that, so that strap can clip onto there, but that strap could also clip onto the camera, or that strap could also clip onto that camera. Just to be clear, so like Hamish is pointing at lots of different straps and lots of different cameras yeah. whilst he does this. I shall be writing about this with pictures on the blog at some point soon. So at that, at that stage, obviously, some of this will become somewhat more clear. Um, yeah, so this isn't my camera either. This is uh, went down <clears throat> to London a few weeks ago, and a chap called Adam has loaned it to me. Very nice. Um, but I've discovered that. So I had the, the original Fuji X100. And what's well, this one? Talk about digital cameras. Sodom. A little. This is the X100F, so it's the latest one. And I, I've got this kind of like I wrote a review about this, the Sony A7R2, and it's basically just. It's about five and a half thousand words that you can kind of summarise in, I don't like buttons. And so I was completely convinced that Fuji, because Fuji are pretty good at making cameras that, you know, they, 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 they sort of did this aperture on the lens, this novel aperture on the lens and shutter speed dial on the top thing a few years ago, everyone went completely mad. So it's like, oh, it's amazing. It's got those traditional settings that we actually recognise as traditional settings. To be on fair, that does sound quite nice. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. But the, um, what they've done, so the Fuji have this reputation of being the sort of manufacturer that listen. And what they've done, I think, with this camera, and if I, if I write a review about this, I'm just like, yeah, my summary is going to be basically, I think they've listened too much because they've got, again, too many buttons. So you've got, so you've got a dial, you've got a dial there, you've got a dial there, you've that there, that's a button. And then you've got a function button, uh, you've got a Q, whatever Q is, four buttons around there. That is a directional thing, that's a directional thing, two directional things. Why? And what, what, what basically what I think's happened is every time they brought one of these cameras out, <coughs> they've, they have those Fuji X photographers, don't they? And these Fuji X photographers have gone, oh, well, you know, we just need an extra control to do that and an extra control to do that. And what you end up with is a camera that fundamentally is really nice because it's got a shutter it's got an aperture dial and a shutter speed dial but actually it's ruined by the fact that sometimes you're using it and you accidentally press that still I said got too many buttons still got too many buttons but I yeah. said this to somebody the other day he said, like, he said well you just switch off the button like make, turn, take all of the functions away from the button because you can do that in the menu that's mental I have to I have to disable functions and also to I have the, to read the manual and like read, yeah, yeah. Go, go into a menu Whereas, to do it I'm not this, doing that they got this real camera here oh so we're going back to the real cameras now okay, the real cool. camera that's that brand that begins with L. Uh, and you, you change the aperture there, slightly fiddly, because it's a Lomography Russar. And uh, the shutter speed there, that's all you need to know. Exactly. No buttons, apart from that one. So tell us a bit about what you're doing here today then, Hamish. How um, come you're in sunny Liverpool? It is actually sunny. It wasn't this morning. It, was it wasn't. We came, it came up in torrential rain. Um, so Steve is uh, the chap I come up to see. He's releasing a his camera, which is called a Chroma, which is a acrylic laser cut acrylic built five by four camera. So I met Steve via the internet after I asked. So he he's a t- he's like a tinkerer. He just makes so he made a grip. 
the Olympus R, the Olympus 35RC. He got Olympus 35RC and he completely like took the top panel off and took all the button, took all the stuff off it and smoothed it all out. Took the um, the hot shoe and all sorts of stuff. And I saw a picture of this somewhere. I got in touch with him and said, "That's Ace, slightly mad, but Ace." Um, can you write a, a, a sort of a, a, a process thing for the blog? So he, did, I think he did anyway. He did a thing for the blog that was about how he did this, <coughs> and then we just kept in touch. And then I one day decided I wanted to have a turntable modified, so I got a hi-fi turntable, and he smoothed out all the top of it to because it's an old SL twelve ten, so the, the one with the pitch fades and all that crap. So he smoothed all that out, and it's beautiful this thing. And then. So I've had for ages, I've got this thing that I'm, I'd like to bring to market, which is this thing for helping digitise negatives that um, Aid was going on about the other day. Uh, so, and, and I've got, I had a guy working on it, uh, but he's, the other guy I had working on it doesn't know anything about photography, so it was a very slow process. Um, I saw, saw that Steve was making this camera. I said I'd quite like to go with that camera. Um, I, also, I'm going to send you my thing to play with to let me know, let me know if you think there's anything you can do to it kind of thing. So I sent it to him and he said, look, there's so many things that we can do to, to make this better. We started having this massive... <laughs> thanks, thanks, Steve. Well, thank, no, but it's, it was, I, I knew that there were so many things, but I just, I don't have... I know what I needed it to do and I had a rough idea of how it should do it. But I don't know anything about laser cutting. I don't know anything about three D design. I don't know anything. You know, all of those skills that he's got. So and, and combine that with the fact that he's a photographer. So it's worked out really well. Like we've got from this project. I mean, I started talking. I started talking about this five years ago. Four or five years. Ago. So the last photographer when the photography show was called. Focus, and it was Focus at NEC when Ilford used to go. I met um, a chap from Ilford there, Harmon, whatever you want to call him, and was talking to him about this design I had in mind. So that that's when it started. That's it's that long ago, and it's taken all that time with this other designer to get it to something that wasn't adequate, and then three months working with Steve to get it from something that was very basic to something that, well, you've seen it, it's mm-hmm. Nat's whisker away. I have. I had a preview. I'm very excited. A preview uh, of a purple version of it. Exactly. A non-functioning purple version. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 yeah, it's very close now. I think, given another couple of months, it should be, um, yeah, it should be ready to go on Kickstarter. It's quite exciting, really. I'm, I'm, for some reason, I'm quite cagey about it. I think it's because it's, it's taken me so long. Like it's your baby, really. Isn't it, it is. Yeah, yeah and it, it, I, I don't predates the photography show. Predates the, the idea. photography show. <laughs> <laughs> I just want it to be when it. I want you know. I think everybody I speak to about it, they go, "That makes just so much so much sense." It doesn't. It's not like it solves the entire problem. Like it's not some sort of mad copy thing. It just solves a part of the problem. And I think I quite like quite like I quite like the neatness of solving enough of the problem that it can then just be used in lots of different ways. So yeah. as we were saying, in front of a window or in front of an iPad or, or whatever, it, giving people the ability to use it how they want to use it with their with their own kit, even if they want to use it with a copy stand, it can still be used with a copy stand or whatever. So it's perfect. It's adaptable, flexible, and yeah. portable, and sim- simple and cheap. Yeah, exactly. And expensive. <laughs> and expensive, but oh, it's just mind You can't say no, 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 You can't say cheap. If you say inexpensive, you say cheap. If you say cheap, it sounds cheap. It's inexpensive. It just means it's not rich. It's just a subtle difference. I used to say it all. 
you could never say to somebody. What do you say about good value? Yeah, good value. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's good value, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think it's, I've got had so many people say positive things about it. That I'm pretty convinced that it's it's going to do really well. So. And that, but that's only phase one of the, the master plan. So the um, that's that hopefully that's going to lead on to other design things that we can do to it and other plans for not changing it but for adding stuff to it but fundamentally the one thing that I wanted to do is generate a bit of revenue because um, I've got some other plans that are more to do with lenses Ooh. quite exciting so lens invention type things maybe well just lenses is that phase two of the master plan that's phase two of the master plan phase F or something I don't know yeah. um, phase N for slightly nuts <laughs> um, but that's involving M emulsive M okay um, any sort of time scale on that what are your aims for that well if you have a look on M's website you'll see the recent thing about um, Bellamy's bringing a camera to market. Yes. So hopefully what I'm doing is going to key in with Bellamy's project. Oh, fantastic. And he's looking to bring his camera to market sometime in 2018. Okay. But lens, lens manufacturing is a long process because glass is very... Um, like just the just the glass elements take months and months and months to prove, so you you, you can't to make even just to make a pro- prototype is a really long winded process. I mean, even for something like the Jolly Look cameras, I don't know if you came across those. The, the cardboard sort of they look like the original bellows right, fold yeah, out, yeah. folders, um, but they take Instax Mini in the back, right. and it, it has a very simple mechanism, but. In, even in terms of making the little sort of almost plastic lens yeah, yeah. for the front and the difficulties with trying to put that together have just, you know, been yeah. crazy. So when you're looking at an actual fully, you know, optical want, lens. Yeah, and we want to do it properly as well. I've got yeah. this, I mean, you know, some of these other lenses that have come to market recently. Like, like this all started with, I don't usually, I wouldn't normally needlessly diss somebody but, but that CP Gertz thing did you see it the thing for Sony no I didn't I'm afraid right, so they made a some of the listeners might have come across 35mm f8 lens for Sony uh, fe mount right so the Sony you know the Sony digital interchangeable lens 35mm f8 lens fixed focus fixed aperture and he put it on Kickstarter and raised $67,000 um, and was claiming that the retail of these was going to be three or four hundred dollars. I can't remember what it was. I think maybe five hundred dollars. And, uh, and and then in the video, and, and look it up because it will make anybody who knows anything about photography like insta angry. Because in this video, he's, he talks about how he's like basically invented snapshot street photography. Like right. as if nobody's ever set their lens to f8 and you know. Hey, now you said that, I yeah. know exactly what you mean. What you what you're talking about, and my blood is starting to boil yes. slightly. Yes, yes it I was do. The know. Most, I remember. Most mm-hmm. irritating thing, like mm-hmm. you know, the, the concept of hyperfocal focusing has been around since forever. To claim that you've invented it with some tap that you're charging 500 quid for. I, uh, we're, bu- like, we're both biting our uh, tongues rather hard yeah, right now. Okay. Just, well, let's move on so from something like that to something obviously very positive. So you're here today, obviously, to yes, see Steve. Yes, so we've got um, a little tangent bit there. Uh, yeah, okay. so we're making this Kickstarter video for Steve. So Steve's Chroma camera uh, going on Kickstarter pretty soon. 
and yeah, I brought my, uh, I run a creative agency, so I brought my video guy up from my creative agency to help, uh, well, to film Steve talking to camera about his fancy, uh, yeah. Oh, um, we should say up, up from Worcester, not from down, Worc- up, not down from Scotland, yeah, not just from, to not clarify. Much <laughs> as, as people see, consistently seem to think I'm from Scotland, because my stupid name, no. From Worcester. <laughs> um, what else have you been up to recently, Hamish? Give um, us a little update on what you've been doing with analog. <laughs> Getting bogged down. Do you know? I feel like I've spent. I've got. I need a. I need a break from writing reviews for stuff that isn't like. I quite like this is borrowed because it's borrowed. The food is borrowed. So because it's borrowed, I feel like I've got a time limit. This has been sent to me to review. It's yes. on a time limit. That's this the pouch. Is sent, yeah. The pouch yeah. sent to me. So and I'm constant in that. Uh, that's Lomography have lent me that. So and although Hannah, which is the lens on your Leica at the minute, the yeah, 20 mil Russell. And Hannah's been very good. She said I can have it for not, you know, indefinitely. But she said I can have it until I'm until I'm done with it. Basically, she knows that I'm messing around. But I've still had it slightly too long. And this is like my backlog of reviews. I just want to get that out of the way. Um, so once so that's out of the way, what's your plan? Do, I don't, you think? do you know? I bought the other day a Nikon F seventy five and a fifty mil one point eight D. With it in mind that I quite like the idea of having a fifty millimeter small lightweight point and shoot just camera for snaps. So that's what I'm going to use. Every time I open my camera cabinet, it's sat there staring at me. Waiting to be used. <laughs> and I have to pick up that or that or these. Oh, and it looks so, at you sadly as yeah, you yeah. shut the door on it. That's it. And I've got a Canon. Uh, I've been promising uh, Mike uh, from Shoot Film Co that I would. We're going to do a little giveaway at some point. Not nothing particularly amazing. Mike Padra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were going to do. We started this. We had this idea to do a um, a, a raffle. So we were gonna we and we got like a few people involved. So Bellamy was involved, or like in, gonna donate something. Yeah. And uh, where Cinemography UK were involved, Kodak were involved. So we had like a whole load of people that were gonna gonna donate some stuff. And then we were gonna have a raffle. So you buy a ticket, yeah. and then the winner just gets it all. And it was like we were gonna make try and get a thousand dollars worth of stuff. Fantastic. We're gonna give the money to USF. And then uh, so we started building the website, got made a brand for it. Uh, and then I had an email the one day from Mike saying, I've been looking up about the laws around raffles and turns out can't do it in the States. What's the laws around raffles in the UK? And I looked it up and it's all like wrapped up in the, like the gambling commission. No way. So we couldn't do it. Oh my goodness. So it's just so, complete game over for the oh, whole project. But to be so fair... This, it, this great like idea, yeah, but it was just totally bogged down in the bureaucracy. Yeah, you, couldn't, you just can't. I mean, it's because it is gambling. Buying yeah. raffle tickets is gambling. So you, it's all wrapped up in... Yeah, so we couldn't do that. And uh, we're going to go out and do a bit of shooting out on the docks now. Um, I'm going to walk really slowly. Uh, found some boats, some I believe, photos. before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, can, they can make that video. I'll walk over slowly and take some, but we can walk over slowly yes. and take some photos. Thanks very much, Hamish. No Cheers. Cheers. Well, um, uh, illegal gambling there, Hamish. Um, <laughs> spl- splendid, splendid stuff. Uh, glad to hear that the uh, the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> no, more seriously, uh, there's some really interesting things in there. Um, uh, cameras with too many buttons on them. Uh, the uh, the 
progress with Hamish's uh, prototype negative holder. Um, and yeah, wow. Okay, and linking up with more stuff that uh, Bellamy Hunt uh, is doing on on his uh, project. So there's quite a lot of uh, quite a, a lot of stuff in in that little segment there. Um, Rach, what was it like um, seeing? What was Hamish's little product like? The the negative holder product. Well, you see, I, I kind of don't want to give too much away, but it it looked very very cool, um, very exciting, and uh, it was it was really nice to have a chat with him and um and and see him all excited about oh look i've actually got the prototype here so he he got the prototype out and we had a little look at it and moved a few pieces around and things i know that he's got some other ideas to kind of add to it over time so he's just sort of started well he's he's at the point i think where that the sort of like phase one is nearly is nearly ready and nearly done um and that there will be additions um coming in the future so that's exciting little teasers here and there uh, from that it was. It did um, feel a bit teasy in in, mm. in places. It felt like he'd been hanging out with them a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's all uh, secrets and uh, yeah, exciting stuff though. But you know, that's the way to keep keep the public engaged and and uh, wanting more, I guess. Right. So absolutely, I'm, trying to I'm looking forward to seeing it. Definitely. Um, so obviously after speaking to Hamish, um, I then went and got my lunch, and then afterwards uh, managed to have a little chat with Steve. So. Um, Steve Lloyd, he's um, on Instagram. He is at Everyday Photographics if you want to follow him, uh, which I would um, absolutely suggest you do because he's he's a very cool guy. He's clearly been building things and inventing stuff and um, creating things for for several years. Um, he he's got quite a, a sort of background in um, sort of mechanics and and uh, engineering in that sense as well, which is great. And he's um, look at well basically he's he's built a um, a version of a large format camera and it's with sort of um, using acrylic and he brought along his camera the chroma um, in acrylic in purple acrylic which is amazing it looks very cool um, and that was basically why they were there so that they could film the kickstarter video for the chroma um, camera for steve's chroma camera um for it to be launched hopefully in the next sort of uh, few weeks few a couple of months what have you so um we'll hopefully um we'll get him on the show to tell us a bit more about it um when we're a little bit closer to the kickstarter um film launch um but it looked very exciting i didn't i didn't really get a chance to use it because obviously it was just there to be filmed um on the day um but I I sort of you know I didn't use it to any great extent, but I got to see it and it was it was very lovely. Um, I'm very excited about that, and I'll probably be putting in an order. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, that impressive. <laughs> so the sales oh, pitch yeah. has worked yeah. on you. Excellent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I'll tell you what, Byron. We we've got a, a few minutes here from your conversation with Steve, so um, uh, let's hear about it from the man himself. So yeah, do you want to just tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself <laughs> and what it is that you're doing today? Uh, yeah, I'm Steve. Steve Lloyd. I um. I build various cameras. I've built various conversions and 4x5 conversion Polaroids. I've got a 35mm converted Yashica 44 with me at the moment, which has got a this digital cool. frame counter in it. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I don't like dodgy frame spacing, so it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got um, LEDs built under the waist level finder, so it, it counts sprocket holes. So I'm always building something. I've 3D printed Instax back for 
medium format TLRs as well, which is a, a future project possibly. Yeah. Uh, so I. But we're here today we, thinking specifically about this camera, this lovely be- purple beast that is in front <laughs> of me at the minute. Yeah, Go this, on, is, tell this, us is, about uh, that. this is Chroma. Basically, I I went on a film meetup a couple of years ago with uh, another forum and got talking to someone in the pub, which is usually the best place for ideas, and came up with this idea of a, an acrylic large format camera. Um, obviously, large format is quite traditional, normally mm-hmm. reliant on second hand used, you know, ebony back down to anything else. So, I, uh, I want to build something light that you, you take with you and carry. I want the idea was to get it to fit into a small bag. Yeah, maybe not your pocket, but not quite but, pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to, but <laughs> I'm kind of limited by the size of the film. So um, I started drawing up an idea for a laser cut acrylic. So it's all laminated acrylic. It's all entirely laser cut. So um, various designs have had 3D printed hinges and things like that. So I, I've pared it down to keep it as simple as possible. So it's now at the point where it weighs just over a kilo. So Great, it's kind very of portable. Yeah, yeah. As, as large format goes, I wanted it to be practical. I, with a family, I don't tend to get out and shoot as much as I used to. So if I could grab something and go and use it quickly and easily, take a couple of film holders, it makes life a lot easier. Um, I didn't want loads of kind of bits I had to carry and hold and bolt in, so everything is self-contained at all. And the back is, the film holder's magnetic. So again, that then acts as the, the lock for the actual film holders themselves. So the, the dark slide is, is built into the magnetic holder. I'm a big fan of that. You know, with the Ondo, they had they yes. started using obviously with the magnets yeah. for your shutter and for the back and, and definitely. Everything. I am just... a big fan of magnets there, and I suppose I'm a bit of an Apple fan as well. And it's something that they they like that. that I like that kind of hidden fixings, and mm. you're not screwing little bolts in, and things you're going to lose. Basically, the idea was I'm, I'm forever losing lens caps on my, my disc socket, so I'm bound to lose a bolt or a screw if I had to undo that. Usually up a mountain somewhere. So um, yeah, so to simplify the various versions I've built. I've had built-in rotating backs and things like that, but this one is just magnetic. So again, you can just lift it off, flick around to landscape. So it's all quick, simple. The the idea behind the front is again, it's got embedded magnets, so it's zeros with a magnet. So, it, so you're not fiddling about trying to find zeros, nice. which really again you spend more time fiddling with your zeros. So yeah. and also um, rise and fall is magnetic as well. So it locks, nice so that's, that's zeroed again. So you know you can zero out your, all your movements. Um, I've looked at obviously existing cameras, both you know, your, from your one end, your Ebony, back to your, your other end, your Intrepids, things like that. And they all tend to use a very kind of simplified traditional standard, which is fine, it works. For me, it kind of frustrates me because you end up trying to adjust tilt and you end up rise and falling, or you know, you, you can't move one independent movement. So I, I set out to build a technical standard instead that's still simple and light, but all, all your movements are independent of everything else. So you can lock out rise and fall without affecting your, your swing or your shift and things like that. So, um, yeah. So you set out to make it kind of a camera that you wanted yes. that didn't really exist, yeah. Basically, and yeah. that you've now that you're now looking to bring to market. Yeah, I'm going to be kickstarting this um, probably in the next month. I've been I've been kind of building up on social media over the last few months. Kind of um, when I first started this, I, I go a lot and talk photography. There's a there's a really good film section on there. So I've always run build threads on my cameras. So it kind of helps me, helps the creative element because I'm, I'm putting down, okay, I did this today, it didn't work or it did. Um, so I photograph as I go along. Um, so I've been running 
an ongoing build thread on since it started two years ago really with sketches um, the guys on there were laughing at me because I was on the train back from a meet in the Lake District and I was already drawing up the idea of this on, on the on the train kind of thing so you could, they, they commented they could see my brain working kind of these ideas and, I love that though you know yeah. you, you get that idea you get that inspiration you've got to just get it down on yeah. paper otherwise you're going to forget that's that, it what's, what's... I, I kind of go off on it then and yeah. that's that's the focus then so I'd say I've picked it up and put it down over the last two years it's kind of I've built all the cameras in between I've, mm. I've got a, a family life I've got two young kids as well so and you but, still built cameras I know in yeah and I still amazing. build cameras yeah. so uh, luckily I work from home two days on my day job so that helps but um, so I kind of I'm at this point now it's basically it's I'm probably pretty much there with the, the design is right I'm just kind of tinkering a little bit now just getting the last before launch so um it's ready to go. I, I I kind of redesigned the whole base of it two days ago, so this is a complete fresh build. So, um, my hang, rig- hang on, right? You redesigned it two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> Why? What wasn't working? Or what? what got um, the original bed design. Obviously, this this is um, there's a, a capture bolt in the base, so you can move it. Okay. You move it. You set it to your rough point where you want. So you got one thirty mil, one fifty mil, the marked on the base. Yeah, gotcha. So you can lock it off then. And then on the back, you've got a focusing knob, which is, is a threaded focuser, so it moves the whole bed forward and backward. Mm-hmm. So that's like your fine movements then. My previous design had the had a rack and pinion, so there was a focusing knob on the bottom, okay. and it turned the gear against teeth and kind of moved the whole bed with that. Right. And I drew it up, and on, on screen it was fine, and it, and it was you know it worked fine, but I built... I built one of those up um, last week, um, fully assembled it, and I just wasn't 100% happy with the, the actual use of it more than anything else. Technically, it worked. Was it the ergonomics of yeah. actually where it was sitting? Yeah, because the, the, the issue you got is obviously you've got a tripod plate yeah. here, and I was holding the bolt there, it was a little bit in the way. Yeah. Um, so when it's that's kind of the, the difference between seeing something on screen and building one. So I kind of had a quick rethink and designed this and redesigned this instead, which has a, an embedded thread instead. Um, it's actually slightly simpler to build in some ways as well, but it's added another another laminate as well, so it, it strengthened the base a little bit more. Negligible weight gain, really, but um, nothing huge. So I'm kind of at this the testing phase of this this design now. So I think this is what I'm going to settle on. My the main reason I want is I wanted to lock the lens in place, and then you don't touch it again. Really, you can then do your fine focus adjustments without having any impact on the bed. Um, but still keep it simple. So that's that's where we are now. Uh, Super exciting. Cool. Well, we can break there. You can go get some food, Steve, because you've been man. waiting for ages. <laughs> thanks very much. No problem, thanks. All right. Now I'm interested. Uh, and having listened to that and having uh, Googled something along the lines of a big purple chroma camera or something like that, I found out that actually I found a photo of it on Reddit. Um, so I, uh, I I've now seen uh, a picture of the big purple camera and it looks pretty awesome. Um, so um, you know, going to be the star of a Kickstarter, going to be the star of a Kickstarter video, which of course is why they were there. So did you get to to play in 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 the video production space at all? It is one of your <laughs> things, isn't it? It, well, it is. It was a bit like a busman's holiday. <laughs> I, I turned up obviously going, oh, yeah, we're going to look at some awesome cameras and things. And then suddenly I turned into the location manager and <laughs> location <laughs> scout because it didn't quite all go to plan. I hadn't realised that they'd um, turned up to do the to do the filming without necessarily getting the permissions. <laughs> oh, um, no licence. Uh, well, to be, to be totally fair, I mean, the, th- the thing is, it's... 
it can be so frustrating when you think actually you can be there and just take a still photograph it's no problem but the minute you say okay it, i'm switching it to video mode it makes it a different situation and you know all the all the other things that come along with that so there was um unsurprisingly with it being liverpool and on the docks it's very windy um it took uh several several um uh, minutes uh several half hours to uh, to find a space that wasn't um a really windy sort of um tunnel uh that everybody was getting blown around in because uh, obviously audio is not great when you when you're trying to do that no and there was a bit of an issue with the XLR cable, the audio cable. Um, so that wasn't necessarily going to be a possibility. Then we finally found a space and um, we got, shall we say, in air quotes, moved along <laughs> um, uh, a couple of times, by which point it was getting a little bit later in the day and things were getting a little bit tense. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, basically we got back in the car and I was like, OK, well, we'll drive around the corner and I'll make a couple of phone calls and see if there's a space, you know, in Liverpool, a few people that I know who've got some spaces that might work. Um, and actually they were really lovely. And um, we, we kind of went around the corner. I was like, how about open eye gallery? Cause it was, it's literally on the docks itself as well. Um, so popped along, uh, they were in the middle of literally setting up for their o- exhibition, which opens on Thursday, the day that we broadcast this. Um, so if anybody's around in the Northwest, I would recommend you go along and see the new exhibition um, because Charlotte, who works there, was absolutely fantastic. Um, opened the door and was like, Rach, brilliant. Give me a hug. Was like, do you guys want a cup of tea? I was thinking this is <laughs> this is a good start. So uh, she made us all lovely cups of tea and uh, basically sorted that saved the day pretty much um gave us a space to film um it was great because it, it wasn't windy um it was all enclosed and uh, we got the shots that we needed um so uh, james who was busy busy filming and doing the audio was was happy with that so that was that was good steve was happy got to play with the camera for a little bit um show the show the guys from the uh, from the gallery um and uh, and get some nice cups of tea so it all worked out well in the end so uh, yeah big shout out to them to say thank you very much to open eye gallery they were great <laughs> yeah well big shout out to you as well it sounds like you know, uh you, know, you may have found the venue but uh i think you you played your part in there i think by the sound <laughs> of it so uh, i was just tagging along and be like well let's try it over here <laughs> i'm sure at the very least there will be a review copy winging its way to you as it comes out of production <laughs> I hope so. You get to choose your own bellows colour. I Do was you? very excited about that. Oh yeah. But what goes with purple? Choose... What goes with purple though? Well, it doesn't even have to be purple. You can choose your own camera colour and your own bellows colour. So you could have your own combination of colours that are brand you, you know. So aid. Any ideas what you'd go for? Mm. Um, Favourite colours? God, that's a good question. That is. Uh many years ago I used to have a yellow car. That was quite cool. So oh, I could go with yellow. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could go for like a yellow and I don't know, like grey bellows or something. That be might oh, be. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, absolutely, yeah, that that yeah, that might be nice actually. Yellow and grey work together. Excellent, mm. good idea. Right, so um, you know, sounds you know, sounds like you had a great day out, albeit slightly frustrating in places. But yeah, you know, <laughs> thank you, for, thank you. Yeah, you've gone uh, going getting us a, a a jolly good field report and something that we can <laughs> uh, we can report on. We look forward to having Steve on the show uh, at the right time. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the, uh, good stuff. All right, well, we'll have a uh, another quick break, um, and then we'll come back with some listener emails.
Okay, time now for some listener emails. And we have emails from two of our listeners this week. First up, uh, Mr. John Burns. Hi, gang. Hi, John. Um, Loving the podcast. I download and listen in the car for a bit of filmic silliness. I have no idea (laughs) what you're talking about there, so wash your mouth out. (laughs) Oh, no, hang on. And then in brackets. And serious highbrow topics, too, on a Thursday morning. Uh, Do you know what? I'm loving this whole Thursday morning thing. That Yeah, there's quite a few people now that listen on Thursday morning right after publishing i like that um john says i recently purchased a bulk film loader on ebay a computrol type and loaded it with 17 meters of foam pan 100 that sounds like quite a lot of film to me is that 100 feet is that 100 feet no it's about 50 feet um three foot ish in a meter uh, just over isn't it 317 to 54 if i remember my dart scores correctly so it must be about 60 feet maybe Anyway, um, a lot. <laughs> here's a lot of film. He says, I usually, he says, uh, I reused old 35 millimeter cassettes and loaded my first films. Excellent. Oh, bad news. Bad news. Long linear scratches on the film. I thought it might be the individual cassette, but a second film with the same problem seems to indicate the bulk loader is the issue. Mm. Oh, dear. I need to unload the film and investigate when gadgets go wrong. Hmm. He says, keep on podding. Okay. And uh, he also says, P.S. Fomapan in Ilfotech DDX is not a good combination. We'll try Rodinol <laughs> next. Well, Fomapan, I've never really, I've never actually shot with Fomapan. Do you shoot much with Fomapan? I have um, I have used it. I tell you who loves it though is Graham. Uh, this is this is possibly oh, an email okay. for Graham, isn't it? Because it's yeah. got bulk loading and Fomapan in it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I, well, because I uh, use DD, I use DDX, or I, I did use um, DDX before I got the um, ID11 um, uh, powder developer. But um, so yeah, well, good good to know. Thanks for the heads up there, John. That it doesn't like it. So if I mm. were to ever shoot it, I will. I will um, make sure it's not with DDX that I'm developing it. <laughs> and we'll, um, we'll ask Graham as well, yeah, although he can't be okay. here today. We'll ask him if it, if we if he's got any advice on the bulk loading issue, um, and see if he's see if he's got anything to say there. Talking of bulk loading, actually, um, you know, obviously, I have my sort of desk office space at Make in uh, Make Liverpool on the North Docks um, up here. Yes. They, recently had a donation of old darkroom equipment which is which is lovely because when I first started there they'd said oh well we're looking at building a darkroom and then it hadn't happened and what have you um but recently I had a conversation with them again and said look when's this happening (laughs) because it would be really good to get a darkroom in here um so I've been sort of pushing that and they had a little meeting about it and I think they're quite keen to go ahead but they're just trying to put together a proper business plan to make sure that it's viable and then they had this donation of old darkroom kit so that was great I went in and it was seriously like a kid at Christmas. It was amazing aid. You should have seen it. It was just piles, piles of stuff. I was like, oh, my God. So um, that was very exciting for me. Um, I, unfortunately, they decided that they wanted to keep it all. So I wasn't able to sort of snaffle any of it and like sneak it out like a squirrel. Yeah, but if it's in your office, winter. you can use it anyway, can't you? Um, well, this this is my hope. Um, partly why I was like, you should definitely build the dark room now. <laughs> um, and then I can use it. Um, so I didn't get any of the like proper equipment, but that's totally fine, obviously. That that was a donation to them, which is lovely. Um, but they did have some old um, like boxes of old Ilford uh, paper and what have you. So I've not been able to test it out yet and see if any, any of it's still working, but um, I look forward to doing that. But there was one roll of 35mm colour reversal film, 
but it was by a maker called Barfen, which is B-A-R-F-E-N Flex. So it's an E6 chemistry, obviously, but I've never heard of the brand, never heard of the maker, don't know anything about it. I think it's about 35 years old, this particular roll of 35mm, um, and it's an ISO uh, 100, um, but I know nothing else about them. So I was going to Google it, but as you so rightly said when we were on our break, Aid, you know, why Google <laughs> no, when you have <laughs> why Google when you have a, uh, a listener base? It's our listener Google uh, verse <laughs> universe we'll crowdsource so the answer yes exactly so if any of our listeners know who barfen are or if they've ever shot any or used any in the past and can tell me anything about it that would be very interesting to know i look forward to hearing hearing your thoughts it would be because i i've never heard of this brand at all and of course you can you can research these things on the internet but you won't get uh, you know it's difficult to get a, a feel for what you might be able to do with it yeah. So, so if anybody out there has you know has experience of it uh, and understands what what it might be like, um, it would be great. Please send us an email, uh, sunny sixteen podcast at gmail dot com, or ping uh, us on Twitter or uh, uh, what's that other one with the photographs? Uh, Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's a re- there's a reason that my ventures into social media are either restricted to a very small number of characters, <laughs> which worryingly are in the process of being doubled. Uh, I was going to say and, it's and, going up, isn't it? And a far more broadcast medium. <laughs> like, I'm not a, I'm not a natural social networking person, but there you go. <laughs> okay all right yeah so let's yes yeah, be good to hear from anybody who has any experience of that and uh see where we get to right so uh, we got a, a double whammy from john this week another email from john uh who uh, uh inexcusably uh was late for the gadget show i mean how long did we tease the gadget show <laughs> <laughs> So John, much longer than the show was yeah <laughs> yes uh, so so john just just a good job you came up with an interesting thing <laughs> is all i can say because his first gadget he's got three his first gadget it just says number one a digital meat thermometer <laughs> oxo brand from tesco <laughs> it's very specific i was a bit worried that actually this might be more to do with i don't know if you remember graham mentioning the roast duck pinhole camera <laughs> i was i was a bit worried that that might be the line that we're going down with this but hopefully it's more to do with measuring temperature for developing uh i believe so i believe so it's a little bit more um a little bit more socially acceptable than where graham would have taken this conversation <laughs> but uh, but yeah so uh, uh yes it's uh, an interesting one here john says he uses it to measure the temperature of his developing solution uh, and uh, yeah, and he says also, and use the compensation graphs on the Ilford film data sheets. Um, mm. I guess that's um, uh, that that uh, where the where the film data sheets have uh, uh, instructions for what to do if you're at different temperatures. Yes. I guess is if you it? want to use different, yes, you can use it at different temperatures. Um, it gives you, uh, yeah, it basically gives you a graph that will show you if you want to develop it for a shorter time or longer time or if, obviously if you want to push or pull or what have you but it also gives you if you want to do it at a different temperature obviously it that will affect the length of time that you're developing has to happen for as well excellent well okay so that's a good one uh number two bulldog clips yeah okay uh hanging negative for hanging <laughs> negative strips of course 
then using the wooden dowel of a handle of a Cornwall flag. <laughs> to Again, very, very specific. <laughs> it is eye of Newton, <laughs> toe of bat, um, to set the film to dry across the corner of our shower cubicle. Okay, so the bulldog clip slips onto the dowel very well. Ah, ah. <laughs> the, the flag bit may be unimportant, but I love Cornwall. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. And number three, um, uh, uh, Matin or Matin film picker. I bought this online and it took ages to arrive from Korea. It means you can pick the film leader from a 35mm cassette without needing to crack it open with a bottle opener and dark bag. Oh, no, Graham's got one of these, hasn't he? Yeah, mine's a Kaiser one, actually. Um, K-A-I-S-E-R. That's the same brand Um, I got my LED light box for, for for, for scanning negs. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same same maker, but yes, yeah, uh, very... Um, it's the same name. <laughs> it might, yeah. be, might be a different, different maker, possibly. But um, but yeah. So uh, there's there's clearly a few few of them out there. But they're a really useful little gadget and um, do very do a very good job of meaning that you don't have to be fiddling around with, um, you know, well with bottle openers and things like that as well. Although I quite enjoy the fact that you can use use that for for it too. <laughs> it's kind of like my first challenge sometimes when I'm doing a workshop. It's like, right, well, if you can actually get the film out of the cartridge, then you deserve to be able to develop it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you deserve a beer then. <laughs> or, or that too, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, all right. So apparently John is off to uh, the USA. Um, uh, please don't go burgle his house while he's away. Um, <laughs> and uh, he says, keep it up, chaps, and chape. So there you go. Special, oh. special lady mention there. Thank you very much. <laughs> That sounds like some weird kind of brand of razor or something. <laughs> a lady mention. <laughs> yeah, well, you may, possibly, it's a good, it's a market opportunity for well, there's somewhere, somewhere there for somebody. They did come up with a, a, a beer for women, you know, because our, our lovely ladylike hands are not able to handle beer apparently. Is that right? <laughs> have you have you seen this? Oh, okay. Well, don't get me started on that because oh my god. But yeah. They they were they were marketing it in a pretty pink marbled bottle, because that's how you know it's for women. <laughs> it's like the um, the Bic pen, you know. It was a a biro that they had to make sure it was pink so that women would be able to use this particular biro pen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we were I'm not going to rise to the bait on yeah. it. That we no, could no, no, get no, into not. some serious tangents doing that. So I'm just going to say, let's move on because I know let's that you have on. got an email to read out from a listener as well. Yes, I do. So um, this one's from um, Andrew Bartram, friend of Never the heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, he says, guys, f stop printing is my only method in the dark room. Um, Gene Nukon's book is iconic. Try and get one if you can. Uh, do you have one, Aid? And uh, why would I need a book about working in a dark room? Oh, yeah, I did. I should move on, shouldn't I? Um, RH Designs make a brilliant dual channel f-stop enlarging timer that I've used for many years. It is connected to both my enlargers and switches the safe light off when the enlarger is on. It's very clever. Um, he gives us the link so we can pop that into the show notes as well. He says, investigate f-stop printing, exclamation point, exclamation point. So he's very, very... Um, uh, enthusiastic about that thank you very much andrew in atlanta <laughs> can, I, can i yeah okay so the, the, yes uh, yes well hopefully be back from atlanta at some point i mean yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't going forever was he <laughs> i don't think so i don't think he's emigrating <laughs> so this is this sounds interesting to me because the, the little i know about um you know working in a dark room 
uh, you know, my understanding is you have you you expose the paper to the light from the enlarger for different lengths of time, and that's where the whole f-stop printing comes in. Because if you want, you know, one if your if your time might be two seconds, then mm-hmm. to add a stop would be four seconds, and then to add yeah. another stop would be eight seconds. So this machine, what you're saying there is that actually you can tell it a number of f-stops, and it will convert that into time and switch the light on the enlarger on and off in the right times. Very clever. That very is clever. very clever. I like that mm-hmm. idea. That sounds that sounds pretty sensible. Yes. Excellent. All right. We well, shall investigate. We shall investigate. <laughs> well, I shan't. <laughs> <laughs> but some, some, somebody else shall. I, you know, do you know, in the last little while, I've um, I've come across quite a few people, yeah, in on the social media and stuff. And I was just like, no age. You're completely right. Um, yeah, waste of time doing your own developing and printing. Yeah, send it off to a lab. <laughs> And I don't necessarily agree with that, but what I do say, I I I, I do stand by my my uh, my position that I simply don't have the time or the energy to investigate this. If I was to have much more time on my hands, then I would love to do it. I genuinely. So although I kick up a bit of a fuss when you guys try and encourage me to do it, I know I'm never going to do it in the short term. But hopefully <laughs> one day, hopefully one day, I will be sufficiently relaxed that I will yeah. have the time to do it. Um, I cannot foresee. <laughs> the time maybe not at the, at the moment, moment but, yeah. <laughs> but one day one day aid it will happen whether you like it or not <laughs> yeah uh, uh, yes one day yes one day. well hopefully it's something to aspire to isn't it yeah yeah anyway. absolutely all right okay well do you know what i think rach does that bring us to the end of the show do you have any other yeah. business no i think i think i'm good it's been uh it's been quite a, a rachel heavy show actually this hasn't it so uh <laughs> i hope everybody's enjoyed the the little field reports it was it was a, a lot of fun to uh, meet up with hamish and with steve and i'm looking forward to hearing more from from steve when we get closer to the kickstarter because the camera is very cool and uh, i am looking forward to hearing more about that um and hopefully graham will be feeling a bit better next week so we can get him back on the show because we've missed you buddy we have missed you this week have we um, yeah, we have. Oh. Uh, it's been it's been quite a lot smoother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, but we miss, but we miss it definitely. Um, oh, but I am looking forward to meeting you in, in real life tomorrow, Aid. That'll be very nice um, that we get to go and do that, and ho- hopefully get sit down for for a cup of tea or something together, um, uh, yes. and then go shoot some cameras. So uh, yeah. Should be fun. It will be fun. It will be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. So I have I have enjoyed our delightfully Rachel centric show this week. Um, <laughs> and for for those of you who would like to get in touch with us uh, and tell us how much you've enjoyed it, um, you can of course find us at Sunny Sixteen Podcast uh, at Sunny Sixteen Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, uh, our Flickr group. You can email at uh, email us at Sunny Sixteen Podcast at gmail all the usual ways and you do know that we love to hear from you uh we would like to say thanks to chris at pixelatedphotographer.com uh, for hosting the show and of course to rocker who are just about to play us out with a song from their latest album promises i should have kept and you can find that on amazon or itunes uh right do you know what i have enjoyed it this evening and i ah. hope you've enjoyed listening to it too everybody uh we will talk to you hopefully the three of us we will talk to you again next week goodbye goodbye